Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. G'day guys, just a reminder that our Supercoach merchandise, the Winners Win and the King Pretender t-shirt, they will be available until Sunday, the 12th of September. So you've got about five or six more days. They'll be closing on Sunday, that entire pre-sale. So if you'd like to dive in on one of those, head to the website, www.rugbyleagueguru.com.au. Buy your Supercoach merchandise there, support me or G up a couple of your mates in your competition or more importantly, declare yourself as the champion. Thanks for your supports, legends. Let's kick off the podcast. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by Brisbane Broncos NRLW superstar Chelsea Lenarduzzi. Welcome back. How are we? Yeah, good. I don't know about superstar. Thought I'd throw it in there. (laughs) Now, good God, what a couple of weeks slash months it's been. I've been watching it from the outside looking in and I'm exhausted just trying to keep up with it all. You must be beside yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, it's obviously been pretty frustrating, um, but unfortunately, not not too surprising. Take us back to the to you know the, the very start when 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 you first found out when NRLW twenty twenty one was going to be. For those that don't understand the entire the entire context of this narrative that has played out, Chelsea, take us all the way back to the start. When was it meant to begin? Um, yeah, so. We were meant to um, kick off pre-season at our clubs in July. I think it was three weeks after um, State of Origin, so mid-July, late July. And then, obviously, pandemic times. Um, there was a bit of an outbreak and – well, not a bit, a massive outbreak. Um, and we needed to delay our comp because, obviously, with um, the male players coming up here to Queensland – there were certain restrictions that couldn't be met at the time for NRLW. We didn't know going to a bubble, what our protocols were, all that kind of stuff. So um, we were told that we would be delayed with a um, pre-season start date for August 30th. And Chelsea, um, can, can I just interrupt for a second just to point out, I think one of uh, the, the major thing that people are misunderstanding on social media at the moment, 
you have no issue with the comp being pushed back because of COVID. You understand the situation the world is in. It's not a situation where underestimating the situation you're in, you completely understand that and are fine with the competition being pushed back because you understand the world is in a pandemic, yeah? 100%. Like, yeah. it would be um, very entitled to just expect to be able to get whatever you want in a pandemic. I think that's, uh, like, unrealistic. Um, and I, I, the- I think, unfortunately, that is the narrative that a lot of people are trying to paint of the NRLW girls on social media at the moment. Yeah, I, like, I myself haven't heard any player say that we should be playing um in this um current climate Uh, they may have but i personally haven't seen it it's just um yeah i guess other issues um that we have problems with (laughs) um but yeah so um so we got delayed to august 30 and um we were we were kind of told um I'm part of a player advisory group with the RLPA and we um, have a few calls with NRL um, officials and we were told in July um, that we'll definitely play in uh, NRLW in 2021 and 100% the NRL was committed to it. Um, You know, obviously they can't foresee what's going to happen in the future either. So, um, you know, they wouldn't have seen... Um, the thousand plus cases happening in New South Wales every day, all that. So, but they they did tell us we would be playing. They were going to use that month to work on sh- like structuring our protocols and whatever the bubble was going to be, blah blah blah. Um, and, and, and I think the other thing, just to point out at this very moment, when you're told August thirtieth, that's when your preseason starts. It isn't a matter of okay, August thirtieth two afternoons a week I go to training it doesn't impact my life in any way shape or form I think this is what the NRL has probably underestimated and I think what the general public is underestimating starting on August 30th how does that affect your life um yeah like for me so um it pretty much like cuts back my like work hours a lot even like obviously training time recovery time you obviously need to sleep more when you're training full-time so like you just can't keep up working like your normal hours because you'll just run yourself into the ground so um because you're a professional athlete yeah yeah so like preparing um employment like and obviously a lot of girls are like this um kind of one of the main issues that we face is um as um semi-professional at the moment so yeah so i have to organize rosters and um prepare as if i'm going to work like minimal hours um and at the same time like period between july and august 30 like it's up to you as an individual to as fit as possible and try and get yourself prepped to start pre-season because pre-season is is pretty brutal so you need to be fit enough to even start that and i would imagine obviously you're cutting hours back at your work i would imagine that august 30th there would be a lot of girls that would just go all in on this and leave their jobs to some extent wouldn't they um, yeah, there are. There's quite a few. A lot of the girls as well, if they're relocating from wherever they normally work or to a new team, like they just have to put in three months leave or um, that. So that kind of thing, which did happen. And um, there's a couple of individuals in the in, in the NRLW who um, their workplaces, they have to put in three months leave got postponed once then the second time so when they go back to their work and say oh i'm actually not leaving well that's too bad because their employer doesn't 
work around them. So there's a lot of people right now just um, doing nothing pretty much because they've, they've taken the leave off as well. And as we get closer to August 30th, all of the girls, they have organized their leave. Some of them have left their jobs, done whatever needs to be done. You know, we get to late July. You've heard nothing from the NRL. All that you've heard is the last thing you heard from them, which is we will 100% be having a competition. It will be starting on August 30th. When do you first get the news from the NRL that things have changed? Um, yeah, so our, our official, um, we had an official call on the 26th of August, which is obviously only four days before before the start date. Um, and then we were told that they couldn't um, go ahead with the competition, which like, like you said before, like we absolutely understand um, that in the current COVID situation that um, they couldn't run a comp. Um, but yeah, finding out four days before was, um, I was pretty savage, yeah. And I mean, you, you also did mention that they were going to spend that extra time working out ways, you know, whether it's players getting mass vaccinations, whether it's going into a bubble, whether it is, you know, waiting until the NRL final starts. So all of a sudden there's eight hotels, you know, worth of players that are available for the girls to go into, whatever it might be. But you had heard nothing from the NRL about how it was going, how they were traveling, if it was doing well, if it was likely to kick off, nothing whatsoever, right? Um, yeah, so we were, we were getting radio silence a bit. Um, the RLPA was trying to get any information possible, and I know a lot of clubs as well were um, trying to get a feel for what our restrictions or our protocols were going to be just so they could prepare as well. But, um, yeah, we just we got nothing, really. <laughs> so, so, so you woke up on August 26th expecting that August 30th you would be going to – Red Hill or wherever it is that the NRLW Broncos girls train and you would start be starting your preseason that day. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think this is where it has all got confused on social media, the, the message that the NRLW women are trying to end out. It is, it is not the fact that you guys aren't playing and you're upset by that. You understand what's going on, but it's the fact that four days before you're meant to start your preseason when you've all left jobs and whatnot... You are just completely left in the dark. It is It is just poor. It has been so poorly managed. It is not even funny. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's really disappointing, but um, not not that surprising. I think um, like this kind of thing has, not to this extent, but this kind of thing has sort of happened before. Like um, we're just, we're just kind of expected to drop everything and just say nothing, be grateful for what we've been given. But I think, I think we need to change that. I think this is the time now that we probably can. So um, if anything comes out of it, hopefully a little bit, a bit more um, communication between the players and the NRL and a bit more uh, respect would be, would be good. I mean, even if you get a call on August 10th that says, hey, this situation's getting a little bit out of hand, we're sort of losing control of it a little bit, we're not sure if this is going to go ahead, at least you girls can then start to get a head start on working out what on earth you're going to do for employment for that X amount of time you're meant to play in that competition. Instead, you're giving you're giving a four-day heads up. It just, it just doesn't line up. And I mean, that also has a domino effect that now it's been pushed to 2022, which is all good and well on paper. But explain to us, What's your diary going to look like next year if you're playing NRLW in 2022 to start the year? Um, 
yeah, just sorry, just to go back to what you're saying about like how they could have updated us a bit bit better. Um, like obviously a week's pay is huge. Like so yeah. if you can just start working with your employer as hey, we're probably not playing, like I could maybe work this week, but like it it makes a massive difference. Um but yeah, in terms in terms of next year, so um, the schedule, I th- well, I think it's the draft schedule that they've sort of spoken about is that we'll play NRLW twenty twenty one in the early part of the year. I think it'll uh, our preseason will start in February. Then we'll go back to our local club, the Origin in June, NRLW twenty twenty two after that, and then um, if you're lucky enough to get picked, uh, World Cup that so it's it's a massive massive year so if you do play in the world cup which um you know without pumping up your tires you're obviously going to be one of these players that is going to have to participate in that entire season if it starts in february that preseason, when would you be expecting this world cup to wrap up realistically uh yeah i th- well it will depend on what um global travels like but if you if you have um if we're still doing two weeks quarantine once you come back to Australia from overseas, like that's mid-December. So it's Feb- it's 11 months, yeah. So it's 11 months of you having to do part-time work, potentially leaving. I mean, find me a job that's going to go, oh, it's all right, you can have 11 months off. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, it wouldn't be 11 straight months, like, but it would be a lot of lot of leave you're not going to be the popular person at work if you're going with that sort of schedule are you like there'll be girls that um they'll have to leave their jobs or they'll have to change jobs or maybe they'll have to change roles within their work whatever but yeah i think a lot of people will be affected by this um which sucks but yeah and i think it's one of these things that as a fan and you know my myself included, I'm I'm guilty of this until I spoke to you and you told me the reality of it. You look at that schedule and you think, oh, how good's that? The girls are going to be playing footy for ages. That's great. But it's the impact yeah. on your life. You're not getting paid at the same rate as the NRL players, which, by the way, you've never suggested that you should be. Another thing we should probably point out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I think uh, a kind of a common narrative in the media and in comments on social media that we've seen is that, Oh, they don't deserve the same amount of money as the men. Like, I mean, I can speak for a lot of, a lot of the female players. Like, like we probably don't yet, like hundred percent, like we need to start, we need a competition that creates revenue and all that. So we understand we're not trying to get a million dollars a year and no, like no way, but um, more, more assurance, um, well, and insurance um, is is what we're looking for. Like um, the risk of playing in all those competitions, like they're short term contracts. So if you get injured in one, if it's a season ending injury, you're out for the remainder of them. So you get injured in the first NRLW, or you can't make any money from rugby league throughout the whole year. And I mean, I, I think that's that's the big difference when you compare it to the NRL. Yes, the boys get paid extra to go and play State of Origin, but if you don't play State of Origin or you don't get selected, sitting there with your hands in your pocket, not making any money, you're still getting paid by your club during that entire period. You've still got your salary. Playing Origin is like a little bonus, which it is a bonus for, for you, but someone like you who, you know, once again, without pumping up your tires, you know you're going to be playing Origin footy this year. I imagine that you would let work know, hey, you know, if it's in March or whatever, I'm not going to be able to work this month. I've got state of origin. Whereas 
you know, it, it just it just doesn't add up. It doesn't. I, I I don't think the NRL has thought this through from being in the shoes of the girls and dealing with day to day issues, including work. You know, I mean, I, I imagine the women with children. This must be an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how they do it. Like, no. Idea. In general, <laughs> but especially in this situation, I just it must just be an absolute. Nightmare. I, I like we, we we've sort of gone around a little bit, but I just can't imagine too many workplaces that, as much as they want to be supportive, at this time when everything is just in complete and utter disaster mode, for them to be able to manage letting some of their staff just come and go for eleven months, depending on their rugby league schedule, it, it must just be so yeah. difficult. But I think there'll be a lot of players that will um, probably, unfortunately, sacrifice their rugby league career to keep their job security because obviously as you said it's a really difficult time to even get a job um so some some players don't want to risk losing it Uh, i think the other thing that i'd like you to point out too i I think the assumption is that if you're playing nrlw it's like you you, you're an automatic one to be selected into origin but there's actually a step in between that which is kind of like a step backwards explain to us how getting selected for state of origin actually works yeah so with with this um draft calendar that we've seen for next year like so we'll play nrlw one and then we'll pretty much go straight back into our local comp um and most players like really enjoy playing local comp and it's great to play as much footy as possible and everything but um like generally, um, it's not not much money if you get any. If you lo- you're pretty lucky to get any money. So um, most of us play for free, and obviously, playing is the risk of injury. So um, we kind of have to play that to get selected in state of origin, which we get paid for. But if you get injured in club, you can't make origin, which means you can't get the origin payment. Yeah, so it's. It's just this like sort of cycle of um, no uh, guaranteed contracts, no guaranteed money or health insurance. Like it's it's really hard at the moment to manage it all. But yeah. So if you were one of the women that was, uh, you know, essentially an automatic selection in your state of origin side and the kangaroo side, you knew you were going to be there. You left your job for that eleven months next year, and in game one you do an ACL. What is you done? That is you having to now go out and find another job with an ACL injury, not a heap you can do realistically. That's going to make life difficult. And you're not going to get another cent from the rugby league season, which looked like 11 months of employment for you. Yeah, correct. So um, and that also doesn't include um, the time that it takes to get ready for that 11 months. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you... If you get a season-ending injury in the first NRLW next year, you're only going to get that contract payment. So, yeah, that's it. Can only imagine how frustrating this entire situation must be. And it, I mean, I, I just want to really point out, which is what I was trying to do on social media the other day, and it just went over everyone's head, is that it's the miscommunication and the mismanagement that has the women in our game in uproar. And I completely understand why. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, like, as well, sort of the inconsistency that we're seeing. um, Obviously, the men would never have to deal with this uh, lack of communication. And obviously, we've seen that they've, um, rightfully so, too, they've been able to um, 
have their competition keep going and um, their family's been able to come up, which has been great for them and absolutely no shade towards the male players or their families. Um, it's just like if you look at the what the NRL have been willing to do for them versus us, like it is it is just a bit inconsistent and hard sort of hard pill to swallow. And another narrative that a lot of fans have written themselves, which isn't actually fact, that women that are in the NRLW, they're not having a go at the wives and girlfriends and children of the NRL players that have gone up there. That like that that has just been misconstrued completely, hasn't it? Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Like no absolutely no ill feeling to any of those families like we i think it's really important that the players families come up for their well-being and and make it as um a good environment for them as well so like no no shade at all <laughs> to them and and t- tell me probably one of the last things i'll ask you about but the thing that is that has probably annoyed me most out of all this um the survey that was sent to all the nrlw players about potentially relocating um to you know one of the options was to relocate and in my mind i think that the nrl sort of went they'll all say no they have jobs they have families they won't want to move everything tell us what was the results of that survey um yeah so it was it was between 70 and 80 percent of the players were willing to move um obviously makes up a large percentage of the playing group so um but um i guess the nrl's argument to that is that 20 to 30 weren't willing to move but um that that was kind of actually the case last year as well but we went ahead with the comp um last year uh i I think it was only five new zealand based players were able to come here um or six sorry um which obviously that's a large percent when there's only four teams that's probably maybe 20 girls so that's close to that same percentage and then we had girls in Queensland that couldn't commit to NRLW because of our bubble restrictions last year as well so it's it, again it's a bit inconsistent with um with their argument um sa- saying that they they wanted to keep the integrity of the comp but last year it, it wasn't a problem and I mean on top of that and people can do their own research but with this new point system there is also a pretty good whack of players that don't have a club now or aren't playing in the NRLW because of this new system they've brought in. I mean, if they were so worried about that 20 or 30%, geez, they really could have helped that number by sort of easing back on this new point system, right? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, really good players that unfortunately are still looking for a club and um, I'm sure they would have boosted up the numbers and the, and the quality of the comp as well. There's girls that are 100% are good enough to be playing NRLW but they're, they're unsigned because of, of the structure of the point system. So essentially without going too deep into it, the way it works is that depending on what that woman has achieved in rugby league, she's worth X amount of points. So, you know, and we, we were speaking before, we used Branko Lee as a good example in the NRL. He's a guy that obviously last year he won a premiership. He played State of Origin if there was no injuries in Queensland, he probably doesn't play state of origin realistically. But because of that, his point system, he would be worth a heap of points. He's been injured all this year. If he was in this situation that some of the girls are in coming to next year, you would have Branko Lee who would be worth a heap of points, but he's coming off an injury. And if I'm a coach and I'm looking at Branko Lee or a player that hasn't played origin, but is fit and he's ready to go with it's half the points of Branko, I'm obviously going to go for that player, aren't I? Yeah. And that's unfortunately the case for a lot of girls they've there's a few that have um just come back from injury and it's 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's really hard to like, to look at it as if you put your coach's hat on, like you said, like it's a, it's a massive risk taking a player that's coming back from injury who's, you know, nine or 10 points versus someone who hasn't, is maybe three or four points or zero points they've never played. So, but we, we need those players We've played at these high levels before in the game, but unfortunately, I think we're going to lose a few. And I imagine for those girls, it's essentially like the NRL saying, hey, you've been a little bit too successful and unlucky at the same time, so it's over. <laughs> yeah. Like you that. worked a little bit too hard to achieve to where you've got to, and you had a little bit of bad luck for your way, so sorry. We don't have a spot for you. Yeah. Even like age of a player, like yeah. if you're at the back end of your career and you're worth 10 points as a coach again like is that the best selection decision no Maybe and not. it's and th- those coaches don't want to make those selections but the criteria that they're put under their their hands are forced into making those hard decisions and i would imagine yeah. you'd know better than me but i could only imagine that a lot of those women are probably the women that have been in our game for 10 12 years that have built it to where it is and are probably the last people in the game that deserve to be left out in the cold like that yeah there's and there's players that have played for the Gillaroos within the last four years that currently don't have a contract because of the point system. So it's it's disappointing. And I, I imagine there, there would be certain women that, you know, they might have made their Gillaroos debut because there was an injury or something at some point. They live out a dream, but that's probably going to cost them the rest of their dream now. They yeah, played that one game. They had that they that one opportunity that they took because of circumstances. It's it's just so backwards. It is it like it's like as we said, it's like saying, "Hey, Branko Lee, there was injuries last year. You represented your state. Mm, can't play NRL this year. Sorry, bud." It's, That's exactly it's what it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Chelsea, I uh, I thank you a lot for joining us today. I'm sorry that you. Uh, and all your teammates are in this situation, uh, the entire competition. It is just awful the way it's played out. And I, I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic that so many of the women are now speaking out about it. I think it's becoming, as much as a lot of it is negative on social media, I think it's great that we're having these conversations, though, and that that's, that stigma around just being grateful to be here is starting to change. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, it's really important, like, pages like yours as well, um, of spreading the word a bit I think something cool about the women's game is that it's fresh and new and I think new age media like your page um and social media is like the way to go so um thank you I guess for caring because that's that's a big that's a big hurdle to get over is just getting people to care (laughs) and it's amazing the amount of people and you know to be perfectly honest with you the amount of people that have messaged me in the last few days there's been a lot of positive messages no doubt about it but there's the amount of messages that say, oh, like, no one's watching it, it's crap to watch. And I'm like, have you watched it? Have you have you actually sat down and watched it? Because I, I know I have, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I, I just find it 
I mean, and the amount like I had, um, I had Maddie Studden on my podcast the other day. She she named a dream team for us. I had a couple of messages going. Why do you have Maddie on? Why do you have a girl on? And mate, yeah. go and have a listen to Maddie talk about that team and tell me she doesn't have as much, if not more, football knowledge than anyone I've had on this podcast. It is just yeah. the 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 tide is changing slowly, but geez, you wish it was faster, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. It's it's just killer too. Like the people that are saying that stuff, like they've got in their life, like they've got mums and daughters and sisters and whatever wives, like. It's just like, why are we still having these arguments? And there's there's no doubt whatsoever that every single one of those people are rugby league fans. There's no doubting that. But if had a daughter that wanted to play rugby league, are they not going to be supportive of that situation? Are they not going to want the pathways there? I mean, it's yeah. just it's 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 stupider the more you think about it. The way that people are reacting to this situation. Yeah, yeah. Also, I thank you so much for coming on. Now I look forward to. 2022 when we do see you go around fingers crossed i know injuries and you get to play each and every one of those games uh obviously your broncos team it's a very good side once again you must be uh low-key pretty confident you got a handy little squad up there oh yeah i i think our team's kind of um really i don't know what the word is like we're just a really tight-knit group um and we really tried hard to stay together um this year and we're obviously really excited to play but um we'll be we'll be ready to go in 2022 um and hopefully we will um get that fourth one tell me uh tell me a name of a woman that we don't really know at the moment that uh could emerge over the next year or so up at the broncos is there anyone that's that's sort of standing out that you're looking forward to playing with um trying to think who's actually been announced sign well i'll actually i'll say i'm really excited to have amy turner back she played with us in um uh 2019 olympic gold medalist in rio from sevens and um she's just such a good teammate like i'd pick her in my team every day of the week she just had a had a um another baby that's why she couldn't play last year so really excited to have her back what position does she play center center yeah right okay You'll have to do all the hard work for her then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Super competitive, um, ageless as well. Awesome to hear. Chels, thanks for sharing uh, everything that's gone on over the last few months. I know it's been a really tough time for you and all the NRLW players, but, yeah, really appreciate your time, and fingers crossed uh, we can start to see some change off the back of it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Again, thank you for caring about women's footy. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 